Hello friends and welcome to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a yoga therapist in Portland, Oregon, and I specialize in working with people dealing with chronic pain, anxiety, and overwhelm using the tools of yoga to create more ease and joy and less suffering. If that sparks your interest, head to my website to find a free guided meditation for overcoming overwhelm. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. In today's episode, I am excited to welcome a dear friend of mine, Ellen Nystrom of Nystrom Design. Ellen shares her top tips for creating mindful spaces at home that nurture and delight the soul. She also shares how to create a work from home space when you don't have a dedicated home office. And she chats about the Make It Home nonprofit that she is involved with. Ellen is the founder of Nystrom Design, a boutique interior design firm serving clients since 2009. Common threads of the Nystrom Design style are clean lines, a gracious flow, regard for artwork and craftsmanship, and the use of color. With these underlying principles, Ellen skillfully blends classic and modern styles to create forever homes that nurture and delight her clients. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more joy and ease into your life. Let's get to it. Hi, Ellen, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but when I was planning this second season and I was having the focus around mindfulness, it was a newsletter that I got from you that um, really made me think about mindfulness around spaces, like around my home space and how that can really have an impact in how we feel and how perhaps it could be a simple, simple thing and an inexpensive thing to, to bring that into our lives. I want to read, I want to share with the listeners one of the um, little bits from your newsletter that was really inspiring. You wrote, it's true that home decor is not going to solve the world's problems. But living in a home that nurtures and delights your soul is replenishing in a way that most of us can relate to. And I just like, I read that and I very much related to it. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit more about ways to do that. 
Well, I would love to talk about that. And um, I'm glad that that newsletter um, resonated for you. And I would love to hear from you if you have a memory of your own home or someone else's home that you've been in where you felt replenished mm. yourself. Yeah, um, two two memories come to mind when you say that. One, I can still smell the interior of my grandma's house. And I spent a lot of time there. Um, and we had a lot of a lot of good times there, and I have a lot of good memories there. And so there's something about um, that memory of the smell of her house. I also now have a little bit of her furniture in my space. So um, so that like I have that little piece of her here as well. And then the other thing that um, it makes me think of is I live in this little ADU. And really, like, it's the first space that I've had complete control over, it feels like, you know, how it looks and what's in it. And there were a couple weeks that I was staying in my mom's house, dog sitting, and not spending time out here in my space. And when I came back in here, I realized that it was just like a sigh of relief to be back in my space. So having, I think, just read what, like I had just read your newsletter and then like a month later this happened. And I just realized like there's something about my space that that like just calms me and makes me feel more grounded and connected and just peaceful. My mom's house is lovely. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's just different. It's like the energy is different in some way. Yeah. Well, I love both of those examples. Um, I think there's something so um, moving about the memories of homes that we've been in in the past. And then there is something also very, um, that can be very nurturing about creating our own homes in a way that supports our lives. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I would love to just start by talking a little bit about um, I think when we think about creating a home in a mindful way, it really starts with intentionality. And so, um, you know, as profession, as a professional, I'm an interior designer. I have an interior design business and there's a lot of emphasis on the way things look, the end results. Mm -hmm. Um, but in, with all of my clients, we always start with intentions and in the interior design industry we often refer to that as the programming phase Ooh. and um and that's the phase where we just ask a lot of questions and sometimes very detailed and so i think um you know if your less listeners are um looking to create a space that are that feels <clears throat> different or more nurturing i would start with those questions mm -hmm which are very, you know, almost common sense. Like what colors do I like? How do I want to feel in the space? What do I need to do in the space? Um, what's, what's, you know, um, what do I enjoy doing in the space? <laughs> um, so those are just some, some places to start that helps to determine, um, 
really what what needs to go into the space. So in an interior design project, it might help us decide how many chairs we need around a dining room table or what needs to go into a kitchen. But anyone can do this for themselves too, which I think is what you did with your mm-hmm. your ADU that you're living in. I I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, you're you're right. For sure. Yeah. So do you have some um, some practical tips for folks if they're looking to create a more mindful space? Yes, I would be happy to share some some ideas about that. Um, I mean, I, I'll come back to the intentionality and mm-hmm. um, and I think it's really important to keep things simple and to break it down into small, pieces. And so, for example, um, you know, you might look at one area of your home and maybe it's an area that you interact with every day and think about a way to create some delights in Mm -hmm. that area. And like, you just, um, I can see you and you pointed to the piece that you have from your grandmother's house. And, um, and I think that there can be uh, a lot of um, delight in having something meaningful in a place where you interact with it every day. So for example, maybe it's where you set your keys down when you come in the door and you have a tray that might be something you picked up from travels or you know from your grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the intentionality of having you know a place to put things is um, really important, and and I would look around um, the home and think about again the areas that you're interacting with on a daily basis. Where do you come in the door when you get home? Um, just the mm-hmm. the feeling that you uh, mentioned about coming back to your ADU after having been away for a while and that it felt very welcoming to you. So maybe there's um, a piece of art on the wall that you feel welcomed by when you come home. Other areas that come to mind are your night table by your bed. And like, if you, what do you do before bed? Do you read? Do you have good light? Do you have a place to, you know, if you have a nighttime routine, maybe you like to put hand lotion on before you go to bed? Do you have a place to put that, a place to put your book? Or all those things, I think, are very, um, are ways of sort of nurturing yourself, of making sure that you have the tools that feel, um, that help you feel supported. Mm-hmm. Um so another um, example of ways that I think our homes can be nurturing to us are um, connecting to nature as much as possible. I'm a big believer in the importance of, of natural light um, and having views of the outside. And um, I really think that it changes our um it changes our outlook and I encourage um, 
I encourage my kids, for example, <laughs> to open their blinds every day. <laughs> it, I think that it just changes the way the whole house feels um, when we have the natural light coming in. And I live in San Francisco where it's foggy a lot. And, um, and I still like to um, be in touch with the patterns of the day and the patterns of the season. Um, and then the other thing can, that can help us connect to nature is just to bring nature into our home. And, um, you know, it can be just cutting a stem off of, you know, a fern. It doesn't have to be anything complicated, like getting flowers and arranging them, but just having a very simple vase with something green in it. Um, I think it's very calming to have that, um, in eyesight. So maybe at your desk where you work, maybe at your kitchen table. Um, so those are simple things uh, that we can do to connect with nature in our homes. I love those. And when you said having that somewhere, something a little special where you drop your keys, I just like, I imagined my little table of plants. So that's where I walk mm-hmm. in the door. I've got like six plants. That's where I put my keys. And, um, yeah, I, I can very much relate to the importance of having that connection with, with nature, having the natural light Mm -hmm. and having, having things around that, that bring joy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Another thing that I, and you know, I have a little obsession with chairs Yes, and, and so I, um, but part of the reason why I started doing chair of the week was because I do feel like it's sort of an invitation to take a break out of your day. And we all have, sorry, go ahead. Well, can you tell people what you mean by chair of the week? I know what you mean by chair of the week and it will be linked <laughs> yes. in the show notes. Yeah, so on Instagram, we do a chair of the week. I, I pick a chair of the week and um, write something about it, why it stands out to me. Um, sometimes it, it, it connects back to the setting that it's in. Sometimes it's about the chair having been refurbished. Um, I, a lot of our clients seem to have a special chair that's worn down and Mm. ask us to incorporate it into a new design. So we love to refurbish chairs, um, have them refinished, re-upholstered, often re-stuffed. And then they have a whole new life. So there's also, you know, just as a side note, there's a little intentionality there too about extending the life cycle of um, the pieces that we bring into our home. Um, but the, the, the chair of the week, um, I just like to highlight different ways that chairs support us. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, you know, if you're a big reader, um, or maybe you're, you knit, you need to have good light by your chair. You need to have a little place to put your cup of tea down. Um, and there's just, and chairs are so expressive too. There's just so many different chairs and fabrics and combinations. I get really excited about <laughs> chairs. Um, but I was thinking about it too. Um, you know, there's a yoga pose, so bringing it back to yoga. Yeah. Um, there's that yoga pose called Supported Hero that I've always loved the name of it and I love the pose. And I, 
I think there's something about this idea, you know, in our culture that hero is like this, this, you know, you do it all by yourself and supported hero kind of challenges that with like, we don't actually do anything by ourselves. And in yoga, Mm -hmm. we often use props to get into a pose more comfortably. Um, And in our homes too, like being thoughtful about what we bring into our homes to create a more comfortable environment, um, I think is really, it really has a lot of value to it. So that's Thank my, you. Yeah. Thanks for that tie-in with yoga. That was amazing and unexpected. <laughs> it's one of my favorite poses. So um, it, it comes to mind a lot when I think about just... Um, you know, kind of when I settle into a favorite chair at home, I'm just feeling that feeling of feeling supported. It really is like an old friend. Um, and I think, you know, if old chairs are like that when they maybe are passed down from a family member, um, but new chairs too, uh, can just become like that little piece of, of, um, escape or haven that we might need just maybe for 10 minutes at the end of the day or, you know, in the beginning of the day to just get grounded. Um, So um, so the other thing I wanted to say in under the context of, of maybe tips, I don't know, (laughs) it's, it's goes back to mindset, I think a little bit, but like, I have been um, slowly doing updates in my own home, mm-hmm. and it's a very different experience from helping clients do their home. And I have found that with as I'm doing my home, I, I have started to treat it a little bit like a relationship. And that's been really interesting for me to realize that um, when I when I am attentive to my home, um, it sort of becomes less about the end results and more about like the process of tending to my home, and um, and so I think that there's something in that too, the mindfulness of of like maybe just picking one thing in your home that you want to fix. And or hang a picture or, you know, like break it down again into these little mini projects, um, not to try to tackle everything at once, but to um, give yourself like the time to do it joyfully. Um, So, yeah, like there's no rush. There's no urgency to it. Yeah. Yeah. Of that. Um, Yeah. I have some places in here I need to cock. And I've been like, that's something on my to-do list. And I really, really need <laughs> yeah. to get it done. <laughs> it's not the it's not the most fun thing, but think how good you'll feel when it's done. Yes. And, you know, because the, the little gaps bother me. And so mm-hmm. once they're all like covered up, keep the spiders out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Ellen. Um, any tips for folks who might be working from home? And so it's like, um, like they never leave the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yes, I have, I have 
lots to say about working from home. So I'll try to boil it down. Uh, I have, you know, I, I have worked from home. I've worked from an office. I've done the hybrid model. When I started my business, I, um, was working from the desk in my bedroom and, um, (laughs) that was, you know, I think that there's so many different variables depending on the cycle of life or the stage of life you're in. And, um, but what, what I will say sort of the overarching piece is, is really like having some, for yourself, some boundaries. So when, for example, you know, when I had my home office in my bedroom across from my bed, I had to be very mindful about like literally ending the workday and putting things away so that when I walked into the bedroom to go to bed, I was not going to see like some drawings out on my desk that, you know, reactivated my brain so that it would be hard to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's, I think it takes a lot of, um, a lot of intentionality to <clears throat> give yourself that last 10, 15 minutes of your work day, which means you have to have <laughs> a set into your work day <laughs> also. And to take that last 10 or 15 minutes to really like close out the day and set things aside, get them out of sight. Um, Later, I did uh, have a separate room as a home office. And so I didn't have to be quite as neat in how I I closed my workday, which is not to say that I always was so neat about it, but it was (laughs) my intention to be. Um, But but so I think if there is a way to separate your workspace from your other living spaces, I highly recommend it. It's not always possible. And so I think second to that is to really be deliberate about having an end to your workday. And then, you know, in addition to that, to be mindful about what you need to work effectively and have mm-hmm. all the things in one place. And, and it can be, you know, it can be a very organized desk situation, or it can just be like a little caddy or a box or something that just has whatever it is you're going to need for your day. Um, many jobs do not require much more than a laptop these days, but in my work, we are often working with materials and all kinds of things. And so it's a little more like stuff intensive. And so to really think through what it is that you need for your, your home office situation. Yeah. I've seen some, um, some things that are like kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like a fold up desk almost. It's not an actual desk, but something you could set on your desk that like mm-hmm. opens up and it has, you know, maybe like a whiteboard or a magnetic board and then a place for your laptop. And then at the end of the mm-hmm. day, the whole thing just like closes down. It's just this little thing oh, you can wow. stash away. Um, I love that. I haven't seen that yet, but that sounds very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Nice way to set it all aside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Ellen, I wanted to finish up by offering you a chance to talk a little bit about the nonprofit that you work with, Make It Home. Um, it just it just sounds like such cool work that you do with them, and so I'd love to hear hear more about that organization. Yeah, I would love to talk about Make It Home. Um, so, Make It Home Bay Area is a it's a furniture bank um, that accepts gently used furniture donations and then uses those those furnishings to create, um, to furnish homes for people who are transitioning out of crisis. So I'm, I serve on the board of directors. It was founded in 2020 um, by a, <clears throat> a friend who was formerly an interior designer and um, transitioned to to do this this work. And so um, the organization now has a warehouse um, that can house about 11,000 square feet of furniture donations. Wow. And it is always full. It, we, we are always cycling through used furniture that's coming in and we're furnishing about 50 homes a month. So social service agencies will contact Make It Home when they have a client <clears throat> who's moving into a home and um, and then make it home, uh, gets all the information and organizes the furnishings and sends it off to furnish these homes. So um, it's very aligned with my values um, about reducing waste in the interior design industry, and of mm -hmm. course, you know, trying to address the gap and the equity gap in the Bay Area and really all over our country. So, um, so thank you for asking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds, that sounds amazing. And like you had mentioned when we were chatting about it, like it's one thing to have a place to live, but then, you know, just, yeah. like, just like all of us, like we also want to be surrounded by, surrounded by nurturing, replenishing things that, mm -hmm. um, that bring you joy. So that sounds yeah. like an amazing organization. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of talk about homelessness and um, there's not as much awareness about furniture poverty that a lot of people get access to housing and then they don't have the tools that they need in the house to lead productive lives. They don't have um, kitchen supplies. They don't have a bed to sleep on. They don't have, you know, a place for the kids to do their homework. So I think there's like that next layer of um, what it means to um, house, have people have housing that is really, um, you know, nurturing and um, yeah. allows them to lead productive lives. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Ellen, thank you so much. Um, I want to mention a couple of things that will be linked to in the show notes. So that your Instagram account where you do the chair of the week, we'll link to that, to your website where folks can sign up to be on your newsletter, where you get little gems like the one I shared at the beginning of the episode. And then, um, oh, and then a link to the blog post that you wrote Yes. Remind me of the, do you remember the yes. title of the blog post? 
Um, I have a blog post that is um, about mindfulness in home decor yeah. and design. And so yeah. if people want more in-depth uh, tips, please come on over to our website, to the blog on our yeah. website, and there that will be there for you. Yes. And I will link to that um, post mm-hmm. and um, it's a great post. So, so check it out. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ellen. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share as we head out? Um, well, thank you for having me, Sarah. I think I would like to just share um, to encourage your listeners to create a home that that they love for themselves. I, uh, being in the interior design industry, I'm aware that we are um, if we're tuning into certain channels, we're inundated with images of beautiful, pristine homes. And I want to share that those images are often, you know, pieces of art in themselves and that behind the camera, there's probably a lot of mess <laughs> and, and all the things that we pull out of the photo shoot. Um, and so I just want to say, like, make a home that you love and don't worry about what you're seeing in the magazines and on Instagram. Those homes are beautiful, but um, we got to also live our lives and set up our homes to be supportive of that. So um, that's probably what I would yeah. like to close with. Yeah. And- <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for that little behind the scenes. Yeah. It's always, you look at those pictures and you're like, where's, but where's their stuff? Where's their piles of paper? <laughs> it, it puts a lot of pressure, I think, on even interior designers when we see those pictures. Um, and I tell my clients before photo shoots that um, we're going to move stuff around and, and the house is going to look, you know, the photos look in a way that very few people can actually live like that. And I just think we have to give ourselves some grace to like live in a beautiful home, but beauty, it, you know, it's a very personal thing too. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. It was so great to chat with you. Thank you, Sarah. Great to talk to you too. Thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes and on my website, where you can also find that free guided meditation, Overcoming Overwhelm. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. And if you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.